Hello, everyone. Welcome to Your Place at the Table podcast. This is Jody Stewart, and I'm here with my sister, Jamie Adams. Hi, friends. And we are your hosts. If you're new around here, we want you to know that we're dedicated to supporting women members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to take their place at the table, improving their contributions in their families, wards, and communities. In this podcast, we'll be identifying assumptions that keep us stuck, exposing truths that support our growth, and exploring effective skills all to support us in becoming more articulate, creative, courageous, but especially more empowered by our Heavenly Parents to do what can only be done through the strength of their daughters. So you are in the right place. We're glad you're here. Pull up your chair and let's get started. And as a note, listeners, we wanted to let you know that we're retooling Uh, We're going to be doing some shorter, more bite-sized episodes. We're going to be posting a little more frequently with more time spent flushing out some of these important ideas. And we also wanted to let you know that we're discussing topics that have been requested by some of our listeners. So if you have thoughts or ideas for future podcasts, we encourage you to connect with us on Instagram, on our Facebook page, through email, or via our website at yourplaceatthetable.net. Yes, we would love to hear some of the directions that you would like to have us go. Yeah. Well, our conversation today is going to revolve around a really important skill that makes a significant difference in our ability to take our place at the table. Um, And this skill rarely gets any airtime. And when we name it, you might even think that it's laughable that we're considering it a thing. So are you ready? It is sitting with discomfort. Sitting with what? Right. Sitting with discomfort. So what do we even mean by that? What do we mean by sitting with discomfort? Well, what we're starting to talk about is allowing, being with, welcoming, difficult feelings, thoughts, and experiences rather than just playing out our typical reactions. Hmm. And sitting with something hard is not at all supported in our Western culture. We are doers. We like to make things happen. We value activity and productivity. And while all of that is very important and has its place, if we are only going and doing an active we actually miss out on the treasures that can be unearthed when we are still. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the first part of this discussion then is to shine a light on the, the normal reactions, the fight, flight, or freeze reactions that we have when something starts to feel uncomfortable. Now, this is a given in any highly intense or traumatic situation. But it's right. also how we handle situations that are just, you know, normally unpleasant. Um, so if something difficult comes up for us, we tend to, to have these strong reactions. And this tendency is, unfortunately, so reflexive that we might not even realize that we're doing it. It just becomes a way of life. So let's just look at, let's look at this reaction um, this reflexive way of reacting and let's pick it apart on a more of a routine basis yeah so I'll start with the first one fight 
When we fight, we might find ourselves mocking, criticizing, defending ourselves, um, getting passive aggressive sometimes, or even worse, being verbally or physically violent about things that bump up against us uh, or that challenge our own personal experience. And I, for one, have had times where I go toe-to-toe with somebody telling myself that I'm just going to end it because this is so uncomfortable. I'm just going to take this on in, in a fight, you know, a, a verbal argument, uh, contend with somebody in that way. And, you know, I mean, I think we all know that this goes nowhere. Right. And sometimes even that fighting is internal. You know, we're, we, even if we oh, don't say yeah. anything to somebody, but our reaction is to fight, then we find ourselves criticizing them internally or shutting <laughs> yeah. them down inside ourselves as well. That's still the right. same fight response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those imaginary conversations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one then is flight. So when we flee, we avoid. You know, we will minimize, we'll distract ourselves. Um, this can look like a variety of things. Like uh, walking into the pantry and walking out again, then pacing around and walking back into the pantry, right? Because we're just kind of avoiding really what's going on mm-hmm. by seeking for some way to, you know, to assuage our feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can look like binging on Netflix, which <laughs> right. I'm only guessing is something people do. R- I have right, no experience right. <laughs> with this at all. Yeah, no experience with that. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, um, anything to distract, yeah. just something to take my mind off of this, this heavy, difficult thing that's weighing. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is freezing. We freeze when we stay paralyzed, ignore, or do nothing. And something mm. that needs our attention is happening, e- even something that's unrelated to this emotional turmoil, but we will ignore even other important things because we can get so frozen Mm-hmm. In our distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm wondering, um, Jamie, can you identify with one of these responses? Oh, Is yeah. there one that you see yourself doing more than the others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can do a couple of them. At the same time, you know, I can be avoiding situations mm-hmm. and fighting with people in my head while I avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Layers yep. of reactivity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I notice too that I tend toward different reactions in different relationships. Mm, that um, sure. that it with my children, I tend to just want to address it quick and um, and uh, hit it head on so that it can go away. And and in other relationships, I just uh, I do the dance. I do the avoiding. Um, yeah, so I don't have to just really hone in on w- what's really going on. Yeah. But they're all reactions. One is not better than another. Right. Right. And and they're pretty natural. And they're I'm still doing many of them at different times. And I still am catching myself going back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. with some of these automated responses. They're just normal. It's part of how we are as humans. But again, we're just trying to create some awareness here with what's going on inside ourselves so that we can say, oh, all right, I can kind of see what I'm doing. Now, 
now what can I do next step wise to kind of get myself right. out of this? So what then is the opposite of these types of reactions? Well, it's a good question. You know, we, we kind of assume that because like Newton's law, right? So for every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, in these reactions to something, something's happened, we're having this emotional response. And what we're suggesting is, is that although some parts of these may be appropriate, that even mm-hmm. a reaction in itself is not necessarily the most productive answer. And, and even that action isn't even the answer, at least initially. Right. So what we're suggesting is that the answer is to do what seems like nothing, but to be still and sit with the discomfort. Mm. And this doesn't necessarily have to be a lengthy amount of time. It can be. It doesn't have to be. Um, and it doesn't even mean that we have to be sitting. When we talk about sitting with discomfort, it's just a general term for holding something. It means allowing the experience to be what it is, and opening ourselves to the wisdom we need but may not be able to access in reactivity. Well, I love how you just said that, that the answer seems to be doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we use the phrase a lot in our discussions on these podcasts about doing the work. Mm-hmm. Sitting <laughs> with discomfort is a form of work. This is hard work to just to sit yeah. and have to experience something. Yes, especially when we're allowing something that's very difficult and very uncomfortable. Um, that I find that staying in motion kind of helps me to, it makes me feel like I'm doing something about it, even though I'm not. The motion itself just feels productive. Mm-hmm. But that, like we've just discussed, that can play more into the reactivity. Right. Well, the beauty is that sitting with discomfort is what can lead us to the appropriate action rather than just a reaction. Right. The appropriate action rather than a reaction. I love that. Okay, before we get into more about the sitting, let's take a look at two main areas that can cause us discomfort. And the first we've alluded to already, um, the first area is in relationship, dealing with other people in circumstances where we don't understand them, we don't agree with them, we don't like how it's going. And this is from not liking the way somebody is talking to you to disagreeing to what they're actually talking about. And Mm. that can create the kind of discomfort that draws out of us the drive, a really strong drive to just make it go away. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is everywhere in our nation right now, especially socially and politically. Important conversations are getting shut down or, or not even starting at all because we are struggling with handling the discomfort we feel when we don't understand someone or something that they're bringing to the table. Right, right. You know, as a caveat, if someone is being abusive, we don't have to engage. 
But if it's just a matter of discomfort, we can set our own high standards for our own behavior and in our own expectations for how conversations can stay respectful and we can stay with our with these you know with our standards of behavior in this uncomfortable territory Mm -hmm. we can hear we can can hear people we can listen to their viewpoints we can Mm -hmm. we can stick with it we can be there Mm -hmm. right well and another a side here that's important to recognize is that just because we feel discomfort in an interaction doesn't necessarily mean that someone else is wrong. Yeah. Um, And for women, especially because we are the, the, we are standing on the watchtower of the emotional climate and, and we're aware of so many things uh, levels of comfort and and how that people are interacting and what's happening with them. Um, this can easily be confused with the spirit withdrawing. Oh, right. When we start to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But disagreement or lack of understanding doesn't necessarily equate to contention. Oh, I like that. Even I like if. That. You have a visceral response in your body. Your heart is racing. Your armpits are sweating. Um, you can have those kinds of things happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that the spirit can't be a part of that conversation. Sure. We just don't have, a, in general, we don't have a history of being good at these kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so the newness of it can be disarming, but right. it doesn't necessarily mean that that somebody else is wrong. Well, it comes from an honest place, Jode, right? Our own life mm-hmm. experience, the town right, we grew up in, our family culture, the color of our, of our skin, the political climate, where, what we're used to. You mm-hmm. know, these are just a few of the things that inform what we value and what certain behaviors or words might mean to us. How we make sense, essentially, of this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And we all know this. You know, every person's perspective is unique. And so when we bump up against someone who talks or behaves in a way that feels threatening, we've got to first get comfortable or maybe sit with the discomfort that this doesn't necessarily mean that they are wrong. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one because things just feel so nice when we all agree. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. But then, then the, you know, where's the learning and the growing and all that? And we can learn this skill. Mm-hmm. We, we can, can practice sitting with the discomfort. We can mature into a people as a whole that can hold two opposing viewpoints and beliefs and perspectives at the same time. Yeah. Yes. So that brings us to the second area that can cause us discomfort. And this is a level deeper. It's seeing yourself as you really are. Ah, that's a hard one. And I, yeah, I want to say as much as I value authenticity and by that, I mean not pretending to be something that I'm not. Uh, for example, acting or talking like I have all the answers or leading on like all my ducks are in a row. Um, 
as much as I value genuineness, it is extremely difficult to sit with the truth of who I really am as a whole person with wa- with lots of areas where I just don't measure up. Oh, me too, Jody. Me too. It is difficult. It is difficult. It, it you know, it's the whole Lord is it I scenario. Yeah. And there's this, speaking of President Uchtdorf, there's this wonderful story that he shares. Um, he says... He shared this news story about a man who believed that if he rubbed lemon juice on his face, it would make him invisible to cameras. (laughs) So he put lemon juice all over his face, went out and robbed two banks. Well, not surprisingly, he was arrested. And then when his image was broadcast over the news, the police (laughs) show the man these videos. They're like, we see you. You're right here. (laughs) And the man can't believe his eyes and says, but I had lemon juice on my face. Like, how? How is this possible? Okay, so the continuation of the story is that there was a scientist at Cornell University who heard this story, and this scientist was intrigued that a man could be so painfully unaware of his own incompetence, right? Hmm. How could he be so unaware? Yeah. So to determine whether this was a general problem, um, researchers invited college students to participate in a series of tests on various life skills and then asked them to rate themselves on how they did, right? So they were able huh. to objectively look at, at what they did and then rate them. And the students who performed poorly were the least accurate at evaluating their own performance. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? In fact, some of them estimated their scores to be five times higher than they actually oh. were. And oh, what yikes. this confirmed to them is that Many of us have a difficult time seeing ourselves as we truly are. And even successful Mm. people will overestimate their own contribution and underestimate the contributions that others make. Right? Oh, my goodness. This is a human condition problem here. Mm -hmm. This lack of, of awareness of situations and what's really happening and what's really going on. And we're finding ourselves reacting to what we think is, is our, is the situation. Hmm. And, and everything that we're trying to do in this podcast is to fine tune the skills of personal awareness of, of willingness to see ourselves and others in the right light. Mm hmm. And in ways oh. that can bring us closer and heal rifts and and protect families and hearts and wards and communities. Hmm. Yeah, this is hard. This is hard. Um, this really hits home for me. In fact, I just recently had an experience in an interaction with somebody who I would describe... Uh, my interactions with this person uh, as difficult because I felt like they were very pushy. And in my most recent interaction, they were saying some things to me that totally implied that I was pushing them in a direction that they weren't ready to go. <laughs> and I was at first... Wait, so you thought uh, they were pushy? Uh-huh. Oh, interesting, yeah. huh? Y- yeah. And then I start getting this feedback that they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This doesn't feel good to me. 
And at first I just felt like, oh, come on, suck it up. <laughs> right? There's my fight. That's mm-hmm. what flew out of me. And, and after some time of sitting with it, I realized that if this person in this interaction is perceiving me as pushing them somewhere where they're not ready to go or don't want to go at all, then if I care about the relationship, I have to be able to recognize that I might be doing that. Mm, That what I am bringing is coming across to them as pushy, even though I don't want to consider myself a pushy person. I've already decided it's them. (laughs) Right. I know. Okay. But obviously, obviously you haven't because in the end, you were able to see it a little differently. And I I would suggest that some of that came because you took a moment to sit Mm -hmm. with the discomfort of what they Mm -hmm. were suggesting to you. Which yeah. was, hey, we, you have a part in this interaction. Mm-hmm. And that was very unpleasant. I didn't like it at all. I know. <laughs> it never... But then we arrived at the right place, yeah. which is what truly matters. Yeah. Ugh, I know. I know. But it can be hard to get there. Yes. So the most important thing here is a recognition that stillness can shine a light on the truth of our reality. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that we really need is to see things as they really are. Yeah. And so if that's, if stillness is what it can take to get us to receive that from the spirit so that we can be led to a better place, a better version of ourselves, better, uh, deeper, more satisfying relationships then we got to do it. But gladly, there is scriptural support. Mm -hmm. There is. Uh, We're definitely more familiar with scriptures that give us a call to action. Ask, seek, knock, keep the commandments, serve. These are are the doings. Mm -hmm. And while, yes, they matter, um, there are times like... We have been discussing that the quote-unquote work of stillness is more important, more appropriate. And there are some fantastic scriptural invitations to be more still. Yes, there are. So, Jamie, let's hear some of those. Sure, I'll start with DNC 101.16. For all flesh is in mine hands. Be still and know that I am God. And I'm just going to mm. add here that stillness can bring all other kinds of knowledge too. Oh, absolutely. I love how you said that. We can be still and know. Okay, so another one is DNC 534. And the counsel is stop and stand still until I command thee. And I will provide the means whereby thou mayest accomplish the thing which I have commanded thee. I love that. Mm. Because there's Mm -hmm. a link between standing still and the means to accomplish. Right. Right. Um, There are great Uh, words like meditate, consider, and ponder. 
like in First Nephi chapter 11, Nephi sat pondering in his heart. And this was the precursor to him receiving the vision of the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you track even the Savior in the New Testament, he has regular um, intervals of quiet stillness, um, being away, and then a miracle, and then quiet stillness or, or being away for a while, and then mm. more miracles. His, this pattern is throughout his entire ministry. Of, oh, that's fantastic. He, he doesn't just go from miracle to miracle to miracle to miracle. He takes regular times for stillness. And while this isn't a discussion necessarily on that, the, the pattern is there for us to recognize, okay, is this a time for stillness for me? Whatever's going mm-hmm. on in our lives. Do I need mm-hmm. some, do I need to sit with something? Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that insight. So, friends, we hope that as we've been talking, something has come up for you. You're starting to notice your main areas of reactivity. Um, You're starting to recognize that when you have to deal with discomfort, uh, there are some, some things that you can do or, you know, in this case, technically not do, mm-hmm. um, so that you can gain wisdom and know what, if anything, to do if it is called for. So be thinking about that, be noticing that. And next time, in our next episode, we are going to look at a specific story from the life of the Savior and his example of what can come from sitting with discomfort. So thank you for joining us. We're so glad you've been here. We hope you like what you're hearing and we hope that you've subscribed. Uh, That's going to notify you when we post a new episode. Uh, So check us out on iTunes, Spotify, any place you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a comment, let us know what you want to hear more about, and make sure you're back here next time so we can keep talking about all this good stuff. So we'll look forward to being back with you again then. Thank you. Thank you.